Good morning. Welcome to those joining us online and here in person. My name is Oksana Atwood. I go by the pronouns she, her. I'm excited to be your service leader today as we celebrate an awakening. It's an awakening to the new season of spring and an awakening to the gifts in and around us. As you could see from the mural in our entrance as you came in this morning and the flags all around us today, we recognize that today is not only Easter, but important for other faiths and cultures as well. Many of them revolve around yesterday's full moon, which creates a marker of time in lives, beliefs, ceremonies, and understandings. For example, in the Cree culture, this moon is Ayikipisim, or frog moon. In the Judaic tradition, today is the second holy day of Passover. And for Buddhists, a new year festival falls at this time. We'll begin with a few announcements. The annual general meeting will be after church on Sunday, May 1st. Please plan to attend as all of you are an integral part of the congregation. Docha is looking for some help to move things so that she can clean behind and under in the kitchen. Uh, Docha, could you please stand up and wave so that, Docha, do you mind standing up to wave so that everyone knows who you are? There she is. So if you're willing to help her clean behind and under things and take some direction, please see her afterwards. David Ray, our head teller, is looking for assistant tellers for Sunday morning. If you think this is an area you can help with, please contact him or the office if you're willing to help him for a few moments after church on Sunday. And a big announcement, there is coffee and cake after church today. We are celebrating Easter. This is big. We haven't had this in a long time. It's indeed a day for celebration. And now I'll call Marilyn up as she has an announcement for us. Probably not. Okay. Does it bend that well, way? Maybe if you can if just stand. If Jan McMillan is watching on Zoom with her, we, we can't, no? no, okay. Ah, uh, if Jan McMillan is watching on Zoom, <laughs> she, with her cup of chicken soup, she asked me to pass the word that the garage sale is coming, and I wanted to show you some of the things that you might like to find at the jewelry table or the book table, um, you can bring your contributions to the garage sale on May 1st or afterward. The sale will be the weekend of the 13th and 14th of May, and it's going to be in multiples bigger and better than ever because of all the saved up treasures that we've been waiting to contribute. Um, but it doesn't happen like magic. It takes the work of lots of volunteers. And I believe, well, soon there will be uh, contact information for Jan McMillan on the screen. Um, if you wish to volunteer, you can sign up in person. There's, 
there's a sign-up sheet in the uh, foyer, or you can uh, contact Jan and get on the schedule because uh, it takes many hands to make light work. When people make their contributions, then everything must be sorted and priced and organized. And the better organized it is, the easier it'll be for you to shop. There are things in my home, in fact, something that I wear on my middle finger, many things I have found at garage sales of the past, which I really value. And I'm sure that there will be more things that you might like to also bring home to your place. This is the biggest fundraiser for our church. And uh, it's a significant amount of money to contribute to everything we need to keep running. So your support, whether it be contributions and or volunteer work and or shopping and spending money, all three things add up to a real success. If I could get out of here, if I leave a trail of books behind, consider it a pre-sale. <laughs> I'm always happy to follow a trail of books. So <clears throat> we are beginning a very special hour together. So I just want to take a moment to invite you to quiet your devices and center yourselves so that we can all enjoy the service further. As part of a way of opening up this very special day, we are very honored to have Bill Dumour with us today, filling our space and hearts with beautiful flute music. It just dances through this space. And of course, he's accompanied by our wonderful Gordon Ritchie, who will also help bring us into this space of worship. Thank you.
Our hearts are filled with applause. The Unitarian Church of Edmonton is a liberal, religious, multi-generational community. We celebrate a rich mosaic of free-thinking, spiritual-questing individuals joined in common support and action. We welcome diversity, including diversity of beliefs, from divine believers to humanists, from pagans to atheists and agnostics. We believe in the compassion of the human heart and the warmth of community the pursuit of justice, and the search of meaning in our lives. We gather with gratitude this morning on Treaty 6 land. A treaty is an inheritance, a responsibility, and a relationship. May we be good neighbors to one another, good stewards to our planet, and good ancestors to all of our children. Next, we'll have the hymn of the month. Our opening hymn is one that we're singing throughout April called One Flame. And the text will appear on your screen if you are online or up here behind the podium. Please stand as you are willing and able to join in singing our hymn of the month, One Flame.
if I could uh, now ask Marilyn Gay to come and stand up here uh, to light the chalice and stay with us as I read Like the First Hint of Green by Jennifer McLaughlin. As the first hint of green begins to peek through the barren ground, as that little sprig grows into a healthy stem, as that stem grows into a stalk and forms a bud, and as that bud slowly opens with each new day to form a yellow daffodil, let us be like that first hint of green, renewed by the warmth of the sun's rays, and ready to emerge with a new energy, ready to face the day. We light this chalice to bring a glimmer of that warmth into our space. Our next hymn is number 38. Again, the words will be behind me or online. Morning has broken. Please rise in body as spirit as we sing hymn 38, Morning has broken. Um, letting me play the piano for this. Uh, and I'm hoping, Bill, you'll join me if you like. If you... <laughs> we're, we're winging it this morning, folks. So, um, Alla Cat Stevens, because it's my favorite.
Now is one of my favorite times. It's the time for all ages. This is the time when we might invite whoever's in the quiet room to come forward, if you have any children at home, when you, if you're online to come forward, because this is where we like to share something that truly is for all ages. Now, Reverend Rosemary is going to come and, and delegate some fellow Easter bunnies to distribute our Easter eggs. She's going to come around to distribute two chocolate eggs to each person, along with her helpers. If you are at Only home, two. we'd like you to take a minute to see if you have any chocolate Easter eggs or any treats, like a marshmallow or something that's kind of sweet. And we're going to ask that once you get these, please do not eat them yet. So again, if you're joining us from home, just take a minute to grab, maybe you have some hidden little Easter eggs somewhere, you wanna sneak one from the children's basket. But just remember, if you have two sweets in your hand, do not eat them yet. Perhaps you can type in the chat box what you have with you. And I'll just wait a minute to make sure everybody Great. has two chocolate eggs. Two. It's just like with having children, you have to make sure it's fair. So everyone should have two Easter eggs in their hand. Our helpers are hopping and skipping around. Thank you very much. Here we'll begin. Imagine you are from another planet and learning about Earth's customs for the first time and someone hands you these small items. So to begin, I will ask you to hold these items in your hand. But please do not eat them yet. Just hold them. We want to reflect our theme. We want to awaken our senses. So I'll ask you, even just one in your hand, let's just have one in our hands. What does this item feel like? Where is it in your hands? How heavy is it? Does seeing this foil-wrapped egg bring back any memories? Take a minute to look at it. Reflect on what or who or where it might remind you of. What's the color that you have? When you look at the color on the outside, does it correlate to what you think the flavor is on the inside? What does it sound like? Wait, you can't hear chocolate. Let's unwrap it really slowly and hear if there are any sounds. But please do not eat them yet. <laughs> Did you hear the wrapper? Is there a part of you that wants to crumple up this foil really tight? Or is there a part of you that wants to make something special with it, like a little tinfoil cup or a little airplane? After you decide what to do with this wrapper, maybe tuck it into your pocket. Lift the chocolate to your face 
and really look at it. But do not eat it yet. <laughs> if you had never seen one of these before, what would you think? Would you know to eat it? Or would you maybe give it a little bunny sniff first? What does it smell like? Sweet? Warm? Are there other words you might use to describe it? Earthy? Any other words? Say that again? There's a texture, you can see the texture. Some of you might even be able to see how it was made. Some of us might have bumps, for some of us it might be smooth, but we're really using our senses to look at it. We've smelled it, we've listened to the wrapper, we've really looked at it, and now we're gonna taste it. But you can very carefully place it in your mouth, but do not eat it yet. <laughs> We want to be mindful about our eating and really awaken our senses. So take a minute and put it in your mouth. Roll it around a little bit. Is it smooth? Is it bumpy? Did you decide to not eat it? Right now, there are over 10,000 taste buds sending information to your brain and your digestive system and your whole body is getting ready to eat this. Slowly chew it or let it melt. How does it feel? Are there any emotions you have? What does it taste like? If you didn't know the word sweet, what words would you use to describe the flavor? Enjoy the rest of it, if there's any left. What we have done is a mindful eating exercise to awaken our senses, which really are gifts. And we have done that in communitas, or in community with, or as communion with each other. Now, if you have that second egg, you know what to do. <laughs> Eat it however you want. <laughs> Once you have finished eating, please tuck away any garbage you have. Rise in body and spirit and let us sing hymn number 61. Lo, the earth awakes. <laughs> let's, let's make sure our pianist and our flautist both do not have chocolates in their mouth. <laughs>
going to make some space for Reverend Rosemary to come to the front for our meditation. Okay, that was fun. I didn't get any chocolate. There, I left it all back there, and we didn't get any up. We didn't get any chocolate to our tech team. So make sure you grab some on your way out. Sorry about that. We continue to feed our spirits by first taking a few deep breaths. We have enjoyed having our awareness in our taste buds and sensations there, and, but now let's bring our awareness into our bodies, allowing life-giving oxygen to flow into our lungs. And that life-giving oxygen feeds us, and then we let it go. I invite you here in the sanctuary and at home to feel the chair. And if you're at home, you might be feeling the couch, the bed, the floor, as it supports you. I invite you to feel that support and lean into it, allowing your body to let go, to rest. Turn your ear inward. Can you hear your heart beating? Can you hear the sound of your own breath? We're now going to listen to the singing bowl. Another opportunity for our senses Follow the sound. And now in this space of quiet heart and mind of having our senses awakened, I invite you to let your mind wander. Let it think about what brings you joy. What fills your heart with delight? Perhaps there's something heavy on your heart today. Feel free to bring that to mind as well. In this congregation, we light candles of joy and concern, things that delight us and things that we hold heavy in our hearts. 
I invite you to light a candle at this, this time for that joy, that delight, or that thing that brings you sorrow. And if you are online, I invite you to put that into the chat. Something that brings you delight. Something that is weighing heavy on your heart. I invite you to light candles at your leisure. You can, and the invitation is open to do that now. If you're new, you line up on this side, grab a taper, light it, light a candle, extinguish it in the water, and then put it in the second basket. The table is open.
concerns, those delights, those heavy hearts that we continue to hold in our hearts. Lighting a candle helps, being in community helps, knowing that we are together, not going through this thing called life alone. And could you please light the Ukraine candle as we continue to be with the people of Ukraine? Thank you. Beautiful music. Thank you. Thank you both. It's wonderful. So my friend and uh, mentor, the Reverend Fred Cappuccino says, always start with a joke. And I have taken him fairly seriously. Um, so a joke. One day in April, three people died at the exact same time and found themselves standing at the pearly gates. All three of you have sinned your entire life, said St. Peter. Normally, I would send you straight to hell, but since it's near Easter, if you can tell me what Easter is, I will let you into heaven. I know what Easter is, said the first person. Easter is when you dress up as somebody scary, knock on your neighbor's doors and say, trick or treat, to get candy. 
No, said St. Peter, that's Halloween. And he sent them straight to hell. I know what Easter is, said the second one. Easter is when you cut down a pine tree and bring it into your living room so that you and your relatives can put wrapped presents under it for each other. Oh, for heaven's sake, no, said St. Peter, that's Christmas. And he sent the second person straight to hell. Next. I know what Easter is, said the third arrival. Thousands of years ago, Jesus Christ was crucified and entombed. Three days later, on Easter Sunday, that first Easter, the tomb was opened, and it was discovered that Jesus had risen from the dead. Wonderful, Saint Pete, said St. Peter. And how is Easter celebrated today? Every Easter, Jesus' tomb is opened, and if Jesus sees his shadow, that means there will be six... <laughs> okay, I'm not even getting through the joke. <laughs> okay, this, the punchline's still to come. And, eat, and if Jesus sees his shadow, that means there will be six more weeks of winter. Okay, you figured it out before I got to the end. And then I added, apparently Jesus saw his shadow. So I was hoping this Easter morning we would be celebrating the greening of the earth, not the arrival of fresh snow. Quite usual, I've been told, for Easter Sunday. And I think we probably need to wait a couple more weeks for the greening of the earth here. I went out to Elk Island Park on uh, Good Friday I hadn't been there in years and years and years, the 70s, in fact. And I am very much looking forward to the promise of the trails there. I didn't bring my cleats, so I found the trails to be very icy, and um, so I didn't get very far along the ones that I had chosen. The bison didn't seem to mind the ice, though. There are lots of bison there. They're everywhere. Now, as um, Oksana alluded to, every 33 years, the spring celebrations coincide. Right now, people of many faiths are observing their customs, eating their special food like chocolate eggs, and being grateful for the arrival of a new season. Here in the Northern Hemisphere, we are glad to see spring, and in the Southern Hemisphere, fall is arriving. The people of the Christian, Jewish, Muslim, and Hindu faiths all are celebrating right now. Spring is indeed, or the changing of the seasons, is indeed a special time for people and has been as far back as anyone can remember, has recorded, or has been discovered by archaeologists and anthropologists. I've been reading about the Babylonian goddess Ishtar, the goddess of sex, war, and political power. Her symbol is an eight-pointed star, and it is said that lions were sacred to her. She was served and worshipped by people of all genders. The reflection from her to the Christian story is her descent into the underworld, where she remained for three days. And upon her return, she was deified. This is a very common theme among 
Babylonian and Mesopotamian stories of deity, how people become, how, yeah, humans become deified. So a difficult quest happens, a, a death, a resurrection, a changing from one form to another. These are all some themes to sig signify deification. It is therefore no wonder the Christian story also holds such a theme. The story of Islam has Muhammad being squeezed by the, prof squeezed by the angel Gabriel before he stops holding back and begins reciting the Quran. He was extremely uncomfortable and in pain. So there's first discomfort, then death, then hardship before renewal, resurrection, exodus, delivery, freedom, or ascension. We can't have the good stuff till we've suffered, I guess. Boy, are we going to enjoy the warm weather when it finally hits, right? We've suffered long enough. So I've also been reading some about Ostera, or I looked up, how do you say this word? Istra, Ustra, Yauster. It's spelt E-O-S-T-R-E, and the E has a little hat over it. Easter was the pagan goddess of spring. Her story is more in line with some of our traditions of rabbits and baskets and eggs. It's pretty hard to get a clear story. However, Easter turned a bird into a hare, and the hare was so grateful that it laid colored eggs every year for the spring festival, or so one of the stories goes. You can read like all kinds of things. Every, every website has a different take on everything. There are stories that involve Bede. I don't know the pronunciation of his name. He lived in the 8th century, I believe, and, and he, wrote, he talked about Istra and Ostera. And the Brothers Grimm told the tale of, um, of Istra as well. And of the Christians overtaking the uh, Anglo-Saxon Anglo celebration. One thing is for sure. The pagan tradition is rich with stories, gods, and goddesses, and a deep understanding that the earth is sacred. Details are unimportant, and I have not been a follower of the pagan tradition so for the pagans among us, I apologize. What is important to me is that we understand that we, as humans, have always and will always try to make sense of the world around us. We will create names, traditions, rituals, stories, deities, and also turn to science to understand what we are seeing, feeling, and experiencing. I'm sure in a few thousand years, the faith traditions that we understand today will have morphed into something unrecognizable to us. I love Easter. I always have. Who, who doesn't like chocolate, kinder surprise eggs, and bunnies? 
And cookies. I really like making Easter cookies and decorating them. That's a, that's a favorite thing for me. And I did that, and I sent them to my kids. But much deeper, Easter is a time of letting go, a turning, if you will, toward new growth, planting, and the hope and promise of harvest. Easter was important for the very survival, right? If we can't plant, we plant the seeds in faith and hope that they will turn into food so we don't starve to death over the winter. You know, in the, um, not been until recently that we could go to the store for our food. For us in the Northern Hemisphere, we are anticipating a time to see the evidence that renewal is possible. This sermon is called Awaken to the Gift. So here's the gift. Every tradition, every culture, every era, every time has a resurrection story of some kind. Stories evolve along with us. And now with science, we can see through some of those stories. And we don't believe in them anymore, or perhaps we do. And of course, as we do cross-cultural research, we can see that the story of Jesus and Muhammad and Moses and every other prophet and deliverer has similarities from stories that came before. We don't have to believe the story to benefit from it. What is in the story of Easter that we can benefit from? Here's one. We need to look inside ourselves and die to some of our old ways if we wish to become our best and highest self. We need to know our wounds can heal. We need to allow the story of the resurrection or the story of Moses delivering the Israelites to speak to us in order to realize that we all need to be delivered. We all need love and to be protected. Stories, myths, religions, traditions, and cultural ways are there to help us make sense and to find meaning for our lives. They are not there to decide if they're true or not, or real or if we believe in them. We can believe. That's great, too. But the gift for us as Unitarian Universalists is that we can say, I don't need to be afraid. I don't need to cringe when I hear something from Christian or Judaic holy texts or any other holy text, the Tao Te Ching, any of them. Doesn't hold any power over me they're just stories to learn from. Deities through the ages have been worshipped. This has evolved into this thing that we do on Sunday mornings that we call a service. While I acknowledge that many of us, including myself, have experienced religious coercive practices, 
religious unkindness, perhaps even religious abuse, spiritual abuse, and dogmatic teachings, that does not mean we need to disregard anything or everything from our heritage. We can instead say, we as humans love a story. We look to story to find meaning. We understand ourselves, our community, our world through story. I also want the opposite to be clear. If you believe in the Christian story or have an affinity to a pagan deity or follow the Buddhist path, this is wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Unitarian Universalists have a bit of a bad habit of not being respectful to people who, who believe in a deity, who are Christians especially. We have closet Christians among us who are afraid to let anyone know that they're a Christian. Make sure they don't anymore. Again, the gift. We as Unitarian Universalists can let go of the, of the distaste we have for certain religions and instead open ourselves to the possibility for healing and growth every story has for us. I think that we as UUs have a hard time finding our way in the maze of faith traditions. We don't know where to put our feet. Where is the solid ground? The gift is that you are part of a worshiping community that cares for one another. Remember the word worship simply means something of worth. Worship means that we are we what that what we do in community helps us go deep, helps us figure things out, helps us land on solid ground. And of course, the joke is if you have three Unitarians, you have five opinions about everything. Because we don't have the luxury being told what to believe and how to express that faith. So we gather on Sunday mornings. We study different holy texts, including poetry, Mary Oliver. We try to live by our principles, and we try to be our best selves. I think that's pretty good. That might be enough. The Easter story gives us a way to think about ourselves and our place in the world. What is it that you have been struggling with that you wish to let go of? What new life is waiting to be born in you? Are there parts of your life that have laid dormant, that used to bring you joy? Do you want to resurrect some of those? With spring comes new life but not before the winter loosens its grip upon us. We are lucky here in Edmonton. We experience winter in all its glory and therefore really celebrate when the spring arrives. May all the blessings of Easter be yours. Blessed be and amen. I invite us to take a moment and enjoy musical interlude.
this is the time when we share in our abundance. And as I look out, I see that we have people who have been here for a long time, we have young people, and we have new people. So I just want to explain that our offering plates are located at each of the exits. And those of us who are in the sanctuary might leave a donation at the end of the service or speak to somebody about making regular financial donations. This month we're sharing our abundance with Unitarian Universalist United Nations offices. For those of you online, we encourage you to visit their website to make a donation. We thank all of you for your generosity and for your support. Let us join in singing from You I Receive. Next hymn is number 368, Now Let Us Sing. Please rise in body and spirit as you are able to sing hymn number 368, Now Let Us Sing. gonna do some talking about it first I'm sorry so those of you who have deeper voices can sing no let us sing okay that part and then th those of us that have higher voices that would be me we can sing sing to the power of the faith within okay so let's try that let's practice it Gordon could you please just play the the lower voice part ready and then the uh, higher voices, let's sing to the power of the faith within. You see how Susan has kind of separated them? Okay. All right. So do you need more practice or can we sing it now? More practice? Just sing. Okay. Well, we'll practice and sing it at the same time. Go. <laughs>
darn good for a first try. Sounds like maybe it should be the hymn of the month for a while. We have section leaders, etc. Is this a really fun one and it can go on? It's a zipper song, so we can add as we wish. You know, all kinds of wonderful virtues and fun things. Okay, I'm at the pulpit, I'm not supposed to be. Could I ask you to extinguish your chalice, please, Oksana? Just we just we'll just we'll just go with it. As Oksana extinguishes the chalice, I will uh, read these words by Vanessa Williams. Like, like the flame of the chalice, may the flame in our hearts burn, remain unextinguished. May ignite our energies, our drive, our resolve to dream, to build, and to live in the world. That good which exists for now, only in our imaginings. And I would like to say to you, do not be dismayed by the brokenness of the world. All things can break, but all things can be mended as well, but not with time, as is often said, but with intention. So I invite you to go and love intentionally and love extravagantly and absolutely love unconditionally for the broken world waits in darkness for the light that is within you please go and share it in the world go in peace gentle people go in peace and before we enjoy our postlude i wish to thank everyone that is here participating in this service that is online being with us as well your presence is also so wanted and needed. I would like to thank our tech team, our musicians. Blessings be upon you. Thank you, Oksana, for my helper bunnies, Declan and uh, Alara. Thank you, everyone. I'm so blessed to be part of this church, blessed to be here with you. And now, our, ben our um, host lute.
thank you so much. That was called Can by Johan Donjon. Merci. Okay, our service is over. What a blessed Easter morning it has been. And there's cake. And for those of you that are gluten-free and aren't deciding today's the time, the day to try gluten-free, there's cake that I made in a gluten-free environment. Um, so I made a gluten-free chocolate wacky cake in honor of my mom. That was the cake she used to make for us. Okay, so it is our tradition to make a circle and not hold hands anymore and sing Carry the Flame. And you can stay where you are too, if that's easier for you, Reva. I don't mean to push you out. <laughs> yeah, somebody sit with Reva. <laughs> yes, thank you. You're, we don't hold hands though. Wash them after. <laughs> Go in peace.